from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 156, Previews in a Half Shell. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yes, it's another previews episode, and I do want to apologize that I didn't get one out last month to talk about books that were coming out in December, but, you know, I'm, I'm back again for another one of our previews episodes. We were supposed to do a comics uh, writer's episode, much like we were at the comics artist episode for 156, but... Uh, John was actually busy with Virginia Comic-Con this week, this weekend, and Robert had a storm come through, and it messed with his connection through Skype, which happens from time to time, so all we were getting was Cybertronian talk from him, so <laughs> Shannon and I both decided that it's better to at least have three of the four of us on an episode like that, where you can get a few different perspectives rather than just Shannon and I going back and forth about what comic writers we like to read uh, different things from. So wanted to make sure I still got an episode out for you guys. So this is our previews episode, and there's still plenty of time to be able to pre-order things that come out in January or later from the previews catalog. So I'm just going to jump right, at, right in with uh, Dark Horse stuff. And one of the things that jumped out for me was a couple things. One is The Art of Uncharted for A Thief's End. Now, I've played the first couple Uncharted games, absolutely love them. I feel like Nathan Drake is really the current day Indiana Jones, and I'm hoping that they do a movie based on the, this property, but I hope they don't do the typical thing, which is ruin it by realizing that it's a video game movie, and they seem to always screw those up somehow. Because uh, I really think if you approach this as an action-adventure, much like you would approach an Indiana Jones movie, this could really make for a great film franchise. Um, I am also someone that I love concept art, of whether it be for video games or movies or comic books or anything like that. So the art of Uncharted 4 
is just that. It's it's concept art, it's the background art, it's it's all that type of stuff. They also have the Art of Uncharted Trilogy, so it's the three games before this one, and the art that was done for that. That's actually being resolicited, so you can actually get that as well. Um, there's also, from Dark Horse, the World of Warcraft Chronicle Volume 1 hardcover. Now, they did solicit this one time before, and then it got delayed, and they decided to cancel it and resolicit it later. So this is when the resolicitation is happening. And I love Warcraft. I um, have been a fan since the very first game came out, which was just called Warcraft. It was a real-time strategy game, uh, and you built your bases and, and attacked the enemy, and you got to play. You could play as the orcs, or you could play as the humans, and go up against each other. It was a lot of fun, and there was some rich history that came from where these characters came from and everything else. And then they did Warcraft Two. Uh, which was, I think, Battle of the Tides or something like that. And that introduced ships and, and uh, air assaults and everything like that. Then there was a Warcraft 3, which I think was like Reign of Chaos or something along those lines, and that had an expansion pack to it. Uh, I think Warcraft 2 also had an expansion pack to it. I think it was like Through the Dark Portal or something like that. Um, I loved those games because I really liked real-time strategy games. Then they came out with World of Warcraft, which was completely different, but still in that universe, and I ate it up. I jumped on when it first came out. I played the hell out of it. I played the first couple expansions that came out. Then it just got to a point where I was finding myself only playing maybe once a month, and it wasn't worth the monthly price tag that it had attached to it, so I stopped playing. However, I still kept very much involved in, in regards to things of World of Warcraft or Warcraft in general. I still have my original gaming manuals, um, and I have a lot of the art books, like I was just talking about with the the concept art and everything else. I have the art books for every single World of Warcraft expansion that came out, including the original game, and they're just beautiful books. They're beautiful artwork, and the thing I love with World of Warcraft is it includes everything in the fantasy world that you can imagine. So you have elves, you have orcs, you have ogres, you have uh, humans and paladins and um, uh, gnomes and goblins and dwarves, everything you can imagine is in the world of Warcraft. And it's not just, okay, well, the the orcs go up against the humans. No, there's different faction of orcs, so they, a lot of times, will have to go up against each other and everything. So with the World of Warcraft uh, book, Chronicle, uh, Volume 1, that's coming out, it's a hardcover, and it says, Journey Through an an age of myth and legend, long before the Horde and the Alliance. This definitive tome reveals untold stories about the birth of the cosmos and the rise of the ancient empires, uh, the forces that shaped Azeroth. Featuring original art, this is the first in a multi-part series exploring the rich lore of the Warcraft universe from the distant past to the modern era. It's uh, featuring 20 full-page illustrations by Peter Lee, who I guess is a fan favorite of the World of Warcraft. So um, this is more of a prose book, but it does have some cool art pieces that are going to be in it. I'm very excited to check it out. Um, they also have, from Dark Horse, the art of Fallout 4. I am a huge fan of Fallout 3. I played the hell out of that game. I played every expansion to it. Loved it when Fallout 4, was, I heard that was coming out. Got super excited. Unfortunately, I don't have a next generation system, so I don't have the uh, Xbox One or the uh, PS4. 
but Fallout 4 really makes me tempted to want to get them, and I've heard nothing but amazing things when it comes to this game. Uh, so I can only imagine the, the art of that world that was created uh, would just be amazing to read and look through. Uh, when it comes to other books from Dark Horse, when it comes to comics, uh, we have Call of Duty Black Ops 3, also based on a video game. It's written by Larry Hama, and this is, you know, tied into the video game, but, and I haven't read the first issue yet, but I've, I have a feeling that you don't really need to know much about the video game. You, it's more so like, if, I would say if you're a fan of G.I. Joe, which I would think if you're listening to this show, you probably are, uh, it's worth checking out. It's written by a G.I. Joe writer, so uh, I would, I'm actually very eager to read this, uh, and like I said, I just need to get my hands on the first issue to, to actually read it and find out how it is. Uh, Laura Croft and the Frozen Omen, number four of five. So it's a miniseries that came out. Uh, you heard Robert mention that he's actually drawing one of the issues. This is not the issue that he's drawing, but it's worth checking out. Um, so when it comes to action adventure or action adventurers, uh, I see Indiana Jones came out, and then I felt like Laura Croft was the next generation's version of Indiana Jones. And then Nathan Drake was the next generation's version of Indiana Jones. So that's why I've always liked Laura Croft and I've always liked the Tomb Raider games. I'm eager to, to check this out because these issues seem more in line with what uh, comics came out before. Whereas the Gail Simone series I thought was good, but it related too much to a young Laura Croft and really didn't show a lot of what I was hoping for as far as maybe her training and how she became the woman that... Uh, that she became, that she is later. Um, I kind of want to get those in trade version. Maybe if I read them in, in chunks, it might read better. But I have a feeling that they're going back to the Tomb Raider that we know because that's the one that people want to read about. Uh, also from uh, Dark Horse, we have Leaving Megalopolis. And it's Surviving Megalopolis, number one of six. So there was a Kickstarter that came out called Leaving Megalopolis, and it was written by Gail Simone and drawn by Jim Califiori, and it was awesome. I got the Kickstarter. It was an amazing book. They came out with that collection on in hardcover uh, later, once they saw it was selling well, and got such a positive response from fans. So this is the sequel to that. And uh, so I definitely want to check this out. The art's beautiful. Gail Simone's an awesome writer, uh, especially on this creator-owned stuff. So I would highly, highly recommend uh, checking out this, this title. Uh, jumping into DC, we have Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion number one. And this is written by Tom Taylor. And Tom Taylor is one of my favorite writers uh, of recent times. He did a lot of Star Wars stuff. Uh, I believe, if I remember right, he did the Boba Fett uh, miniseries that came out, and he did a few other Star Wars stories. And then he came on to Earth 2 and wrote Earth 2 shortly after it had started. And when he took over, that series just became amazing. It was good before that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was good before that, but it really took off when Tom Taylor started writing it. So I'm looking forward to this. This is picking up where Green Lantern Lost Army left off. So you know, you guys all know I'm a Green Lantern fan. I'm definitely going to be on board with, with this title. Also from DC, we have Legend of Wonder Woman, number one. Um, this is a title I'm very interested in. It's kind of Wonder Woman growing up. I'm hoping it'll be different than the Laura Croft one of her growing up. 
Um, it's her living on Temescara, kind of learning how to be the Amazonian that she should be, uh, and that she eventually becomes when she turns into Wonder Woman. Uh, I believe this, yeah, it's a nine-issue miniseries. I'm not going to get the individual issues on this, but I am very interested in getting this title when the collective edition comes out, and you know that there's going to be a collective edition that comes out with this. I uh, also wanted to mention Justice League number 48. This is a continuation of Dark Side War. The only reason I wanted to mention this is because Dark Side War has been phenomenal. I have loved every aspect of it. The art is gorgeous. It's, it's drawn by Jason Fabok. Uh, it's written by Jeff Johns, which is one of my favorite writers. It, it's just a great series of, of story. It's uh, it's intense. It has a lot of ties to Christ on Infinite Earths, which is my all-time favorite story. Because uh, you got the anti-monitor going on. Uh, just it's it's a great story. If you haven't read Dark Side War, uh, then I really suggest picking it up and checking it out. Uh, even if you were someone that jumped off of Justice League shortly after it came out because you're like, you know what, this isn't as good as what I wanted it to be. Now it's as good as you would want it to be. And, and I would be amazed if you did not enjoy Dark Side War. Uh, Flash number 48. Uh, I wanted to mention this one. I'm a huge Flash fan. But the reason I wanted to mention this is because I know there's a lot of Rogues fans out there. Uh, Flash is Rogues. So you got Captain Cold and Weather Wizard and Mirror Master and Trickster and all that. So this is in the aftermath of his recent clash with Zoom. The Flash finds himself on the run from the law, and the task force charged with arresting him is made up of his enemies, the Rogues. So I think that should be a really fun read. Uh, you have the Rogues up against Flash. That's always a, a lot of fun to read. So uh, definitely check that one out. Then we have uh, Robin War number two. This is written by Tom King, who, again, is one of those uh, modern-day, very recent writers who I am really enjoying his work. Uh, I do know him through some friends and everything else, but uh, nevertheless, he's, you know, I tell the truth. He's, he's a good writer. So I'm looking forward to Robin War number two, which is the conclusion to the overall Robin War that ran through a lot of different uh, Robin-related titles. And it's various Robins versus the Court of Owls. And if you liked the Court of Owls stuff when it came to uh, Batman, then you should definitely check this out as well. One of the titles that came out in previews last month that I didn't get a chance to mention on the show in a previews episode, but I did mention it on one of our other episodes, is Batman and the Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, number two is being solicited for January. Number one will come out in December. You should be able to still pre-order it. Uh, through your comic shop, or they should be able to order at least a copy of it for you. It's written by James Tinian IV, who is an awesome writer. It's drawn by Freddie uh, Williams II. He's a great artist. Um, I'm eager to read this. I'm eager to do a review on this title. So um, going into uh, further into DC, we have He-Man, The Eternity War, number 14. Now, I just recently got caught up with He-Man, The Eternity War. I was a little bit behind on it. So I did a whole chunk read from, I think, issues 5 through 11. So it brought me completely up to date. Wow, I don't know why I held off on reading that for so long, but it was well worth reading it in such a big, long story like that. Uh, the writing's amazing. The art is incredible, especially when Popmon's drawing it. Um, this is really uh, kind of a epilogue issue to uh, everything that came before it. So... It's after the last issue's shocking conclusion. The victors of Eternity War rise from the rubble to rebuild the future. Who has lived? Who has died? What is the future of the Masters of the Universe saga? Find out in this rousing epilogue to the modern-day He-Man epic. 
And then going into the trade section of uh, DC, uh, I mentioned that if you had not read Dark Side War that you probably want to pick it up. Well, what you can do to get caught up on it and know what's happening is there's a uh, Justice League Volume 7 Dark Side War Part 1. This collects Justice League number 40 through 44 and Divergence number 1, which is the free comic book day uh, issue that came out because it was tied into the Dark Side War. So... I have the issues, but man, I'm really tempted because I'm enjoying this so much. I'm really tempted to get this hardcover, although this hardcover does not collect the full story. This is part one of it, so I'm really wondering if they're going to come out with like an absolute edition or something like that. So since I have the issues, I'm going to wait to see what happens if an absolute edition doesn't come out or isn't announced or something like that, then I'm going to uh, look for these hardcovers later. But like I said, if it's something you just want to dip your toe in and kind of see what's going on, this is a nice hardcover collection. I can guarantee you won't regret it. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention from DC is in their trade section is Justice League of America, the Silver Age Volume 1 trade paperback. This collects all the very beginnings of the Justice League of America. So their first appearance and a lot of the issues that came after that in chronological order. I have the hardcover omnibus that has all of this plus some ones that'll probably come out after this is uh, trade if you're someone that likes the trade paperback versions and you like uh reading those early stories this is definitely worth picking up i love i really love reading those early justice league stories you get to see the origins of a lot of these characters and you kind of see how things have changed over the years so um you can also get green lantern by jeff gems omnibus uh volume three uh this is a hardcover collection I, didn't, I haven't gotten any of the omnibus collections of the Screen Lantern run, and it's only because, again, I have all the issues. I have them, you know, you know, in really great condition. You know, they're all bagged and boarded and everything else. But that makes it a little tough for me to just pick them up and read them. So I'm, I really would like to, at some point, get these omnibus editions. And if you've been collecting it, Volume 3 is coming out. It's an awesome series. Um, and I believe all of this probably takes you up to uh, almost up to the blackest night or it might take you past blackest night I'd have to like look into what issues are actually being covered here uh, there's also Azrael volume one fallen angel and so this gives you the sword of Azrael miniseries and also gives you issues one through six of the Azrael ongoing series I really enjoyed Azrael from the 90s I know a lot of people see it as typical 90s stuff that's fine. That's when I started reading comics. So um, I would recommend picking it up, if nothing else, just for the sort of Azrael story. I thought that was really cool. Um, going back to the mention of Tom, uh, Tom King, there's issue number two of The Sheriff of Babylon. Number two is coming out. It's written by Tom King. It's drawn by Mitch Gerards. And Mitch Gerards is the guy that drew on the activity. He also drew on the most recent Punisher series from Marvel. Uh, issue one was solicited last month. It comes out in December, and then issue two comes out in January. This is gritty, realistic, you know, stuff in in a military situation. Uh, I'm sure Tom King's pulling from his own history of being a contractor uh, for the CIA. So I am very eager to read this and check it out. Um, I would suggest that you do the same if you are interested at all in. Um, in the military type stuff or something that might be a little bit more rooted in, in reality. 
Um, also wanted to mention Birds of Prey Volume 2 trade paperback. This is the Chuck Dixon run, and uh, it's got beautiful story, beautiful art. This is, again, from like the 90s period and early 2000s. Um, and the reason why I might mention Volume 2, Volume 1 did come out, uh, but Volume 2 is where it picks up with the actual series. So Volume 1 that came out was a bunch of mini-series that introduced the concept of Birds of Prey, but you don't really need to have that in order to pick up Volume 2. Volume 2 covers Birds of Prey number 1 through 8, and the Ravens one-shot, and the Ravens were one of their opponents, one of their villains that were out there. So if you're interested in Birds of Prey or you loved it from back then, uh, just like I do, I would suggest getting uh, Volume 2 because it picks up where that series started. Going to some uh, DC toys, I just wanted to mention because I don't have any of these, but man, they look beautiful. Uh, and the price isn't really that bad considering what you're getting. There's the DC Comics Icons figures, and they this time they're soliciting the Joker, Firestorm, and uh, Green Lantern John Stewart. And each one of them is amazing. The Joker looks incredible. He's got his fedora and his tre purple trench coat. He's you know he's got a machine gun and a crowbar. It just looks amazing. John Stewart's got his power uh, battery. He's he comes with uh, removable arms that so you can put like his gloved arms on, but you can also put like bare arms on on him as well. Um, and he's got a few different small constructs. Firestorm comes with uh, different hands, so you have opening hands with like these Firestorm bursts that you can put into those hands. Uh, they're just beautiful figures. Uh, I've kind of held off on getting any of them myself just because I have so many DC figures already. Um, if I knew these were coming out, I would have held off on, on getting them. Uh, going into the IDW universe, got to mention Gem. And the biggest reason for mentioning Gem is Gem number 11 starts the Dark Gem uh, series. And yes, there is a box set for them. And yes, I'm interested in getting the box set because the covers look awesome. They're dark, they're creepy. Uh, and what the story is, is that something is wrong with Synergy. As Gem and the Holograms first tour begins, something or someone called Silica is after them. But who or what is she? Meanwhile, the Misfits need to replace their lead singer fast and maybe even permanently. So definitely an interesting uh, take uh, and interesting story. So I would highly recommend uh, checking that out if you have any interest in Gem whatsoever. I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, my buddy John's uh, interest in a title that's coming out. It's The Best of DC War, the Artist Edition hardcover. Uh, you guys heard him mention this before. It's got Joe Kubert uh, art. It's got John Severin art, Alex Toth, Russ Heath. This is DC War Comics art in an artist edition. I know that John's picking this up. I'm, I know he's very excited about it. So if you like those old war comics and you love seeing the art from it, that is the, is the title, title for you. Uh, then we go to G.I. Joe. We have G.I. Joe Real American Hero number 223, Cobra World Order Part 5. Uh, it's written by Larry Hama and drawn by Mr. Gallant, who uh, is on our show all the time now, which is awesome. Uh, there's also a subscription cover by Adam Riches, which has uh, rock and roll on it. And it's one of those action figure covers uh, that they've been doing. And they're really cool. I've gotten a, a couple of them already. So uh, then you can also see uh, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, uh, Cobra World Order Part 6, which is number 224. I don't see an action figure cover for that one. I'm sure there is one, but I, I have not 
it's not shown here in previews. Uh, so again, G.I. Joe Real American Heroes coming out twice a month. Uh, you can also get the classic G.I. Joe Volume 17. Uh, if you were one that was collecting all the trades that already had come out and you wanted the more recent IDW continuation of those stories in your trades, they came out with Volume 17 that just continues what came out previous to it with the Marvel run. Then I was very excited to see this. I was sad initially when I saw that Ghostbusters wasn't going to have an ongoing series with IDW anymore. They, they had canceled it, and I didn't see anything for months. I thought maybe they canceled it just to reboot it or something like that, but hadn't seen anything for months. Well, sure enough, they are bringing Ghostbusters back. We have Ghostbusters International, which this way it lets them kind of explore Ghostbuster teams uh, from all over. Of course, you have the original team, and I'm sure a lot of the focus is going to be on the original team. But then you have the, the squads that came out in the different uh, series that were going on. So I'm very excited to see Ghostbusters International come out. It's definitely an issue I'm picking up. Going into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 13, Vengeance Part 2. And this is a, a series that I just got caught up on. I just read issue number 51 today. And uh, this collects issues 48 through 50. 50 is an oversized issue. And it's awesome. I, I don't want to spoil anything in issue number from issue number 50. But all I got to say is something major happens in issue 50. Which you would expect because it's an issue 50. But it, it's big. It's, it's a big deal what happens. Uh, I was surprised when I saw it. Uh, maybe you won't be, but I was really surprised when I saw it. And it really takes the Turtles in a whole new direction now. So uh, an issue 51, just to let you know, is a great jumping on point. So if you've not been reading the Turtles and you pick up issue, want to start reading it, pick up issue 51. Uh, 51 kind of gives you a little recap of stuff that has led up to that issue and then kind of sets things up going forward. Um, you can also get the Color Classics, Volume 3, number 13. Uh, they also have the Amazing Adventures, number 6, uh, that's out there. Uh, and then you have the ongoing series. You have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 54, uh, that's out there. And that has Michelangelo, Michelangelo versus Hun. Uh, and it says, Startling Revelations will have lasting effects on the Mutanimals and Mikey's Path. What side will Hob take in coming conflict? Uh, then we have uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kevin Eastman Notebook series, the 2014 annual. This is a lot like the artist editions that they do, but it's on a single, it's based on a single issue. So this was an annual that came out in 2014. It's Kevin Eastman art, the really cool issue that came out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of torn on getting this because I liked the issue. I like Kevin Eastman's art, but I, I just don't know if I need this particular item in my collection. Um, it's a hardcover, which is really cool, and it's got a lot of extra features in it. So, again, I'm really, really torn. I'm really interested in it, but I'm really torn. Um, then we go into Transformers. Nothing super exciting with Transformers, just kind of uh, the regular series going on. We do have Transformers number 49, which is the conclusion of the Conqueror story. I am behind on my Transformers reading, so I might have a lot more to say about these issues once I get caught up. I, I'm actually working through those issues right now. Uh, to get myself caught up so I can really speak educated on what is going on with these different series. Uh, but you have Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, number 49. So uh, everything's leading up to their 50th issue coming out in previews next month, which is why I want to get caught up on these issues. So this way I can really talk about what is coming up and, and be excited about it for you. 
Uh, Transformers Sins of the Wreckers, number three of five. Uh, this, from everything I've heard, this is kind of like the the end of the Wreckers type story. Uh, I don't know if that means that the Wreckers are going away or if it's just kind of like the last time they're going to be a team. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors as far as what's going to be going on with that. Then we have Back to the Future number four. I did read Back to the Future number one, really enjoyed it. Was not what I was expecting though. And the reason why I want to mention Back to the Future number four is because the first issue of this miniseries, it was two short stories in there that took place at different times in the Back to the Future history. Um, so I think that this would be the same. I, I think each issue would be the same. So if you haven't picked up issue number one, but then you, you want to order issue number four, I think you're going to be okay picking that up and reading it and understanding everything that's going on because I think it's going to be just like issue one where it was just a mini-series uh, with just short stories in there. And you can read those short stories in, in pretty much any order. I don't know if there's an overall story arc going through all of them because I haven't read issue number two yet. I don't have it yet. Um, then going into Image, uh, interesting title here. It's called Cry Havoc, uh, Cry Havoc number one. It's written by Simon Spurrier and art by, is by Ryan Kelly. And the art looks nice and creepy and, and dark and everything. Um, the reason that I was attracted to it is because it has a wolf on the front. I love wolves. I love werewolves. And that's what this seems to be about uh, or is what it's about. So it says... Uh, they present, uh, the creators present uh, fiends, fragility, and firepower in this all-new series, mixing the hard-boiled militaria of Jarhead with the dark folklore of Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, it includes unprecedented use of multiple colorists uh, to define the story's threads, and an incredible variant cover art artist, uh, Eisner Award winner Cameron Stewart. It says, this is not the tale of a lesbian werewolf who goes to war, except it kind of is. Um, so like I said, they gave some preview pages. It looks really good. I love werewolves. I am very, very interested in, in checking this title out. So, um, so that's the only thing I wanted to mention from image this time around. I think there's gonna be some trades next time, uh, that I do a previews episode of things that I am currently reading from image. I'm reading a lot of things from image, but a lot of the issues that were in here are just like the next issue that we're coming out. So, uh, as soon as I see like some trades or some new number ones or something like that that I am very excited and either have been reading or will be reading, I'll definitely mention that. Uh, jumping back to the back of the book, we have Action Lab. And uh, I always like to check them out because I know a lot of the guys that started Action Lab. Uh, so one of the titles that's coming out is called I, Mage. So kind of like I, Robot, but I, Mage. And it's number zero. It says it's uh, appropriate for ages nine and up, so it sounds like it's kind of an almost an all-ages type story. The art looks interesting. The concept sounds interesting. It says Kai and his family are on, a, on with a scientific mission to study a primitive world of magic when an unforeseen accident devastates their vessel, leaving Kai separated from the rest of the crew. Now with the protection of a loading dock robot, an apprentice mag, uh, magi, and her quirky mentor, Kai must survive on a world very different from his own. Sounded really interesting. They had some preview pages there that looked really good. Uh, so I like the art that they're using. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be checking that one out. Uh, they also have from their, um, their Action Lab Danger Zone, which means it's more of an adult take on things, uh, they have Transfers Trade Paperback. I did get Transfers numbers 1, 2, and 3. It's just a three-issue miniseries. I have not read the first issue, but... It is uh, from a cult sci-fi film from 1985, so it's it's got an 80s theme that's attracted me to it. I have never seen the movie Transfers, 
Um, but I was interested in reading the comic. Uh, I will also say they have Puppet Masters number 11 is in previews. I am really enjoying Puppet Masters from Action Lab. It's creepy, it's dark, it's exactly the kind of shtick that you see in the Puppet Master movies. Uh, so I am really enjoying that, that series. Jumping back to Avatar Press, uh, War Stories, number 16. Uh, I have been getting War Stories. I am a little bit behind on War Stories. You'll see a common theme of me being behind, but trying to catch up on stuff. Um, war Stories is by Garth Ennis. It's written by him. Uh, he tells some amazing war military stories. Uh, the reason I wanted to mention number 16, because it is uh, part one of a three-part story, uh, these stories are not really connected to each other. So each time he does a story arc, you can pretty much pick it up and read it on its own. Uh, so you might want to pick up number 16. The, the art is beautiful. The stories are awesome. Uh, worth checking out, again, if you are someone that likes more gritty, realistic military stuff. Um, then going to Boom Studios, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number zero. Uh, a lot of you guys know that from listening to the show for a while, I am not a uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan. Just never have been. I was in college when the the show came on. I'm not someone for live action campiness. I'm not. I'm not someone that likes. You know, I don't. I don't like Batman. The Adam West Batman. It's it's campy. It's cheesy. And it's live action. I like campy and cheesy when it's a cartoon. But when it's uh, live action, I'm not big on it. And I have tried watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when uh, as an adult. I tried. I got through about three, four episodes, and I was like, you know, this is. It's not for me. It's just not something that I gravitate towards. But I know there's a lot of people out there that love it. Uh, and adore it, and they enjoy it immensely. Uh, I am actually going to try the comic because, again, I don't like live-action campiness, but I think I would like it in a comic version. Uh, the only thing that really stinks with Number Zero is they're going to do seven covers, and uh, it's one for each color of the Power Rangers. So you have red, black, blue, pink, yellow, green, and white, and the distribution is going to be different for them so like green and white i think are going to have lesser distribution but there's no way to order those particular covers it's like i went through dcb service which usually has it where you can pick which color you know which cover you want for a lot of stuff uh this one they just had number zero so i have no idea which power ranger i'm going to get uh i wouldn't mind getting all of the covers because i'm just a cover fiend like that but uh i have I think I'm going to have to wait till the first, I read the first issue to see if I really like it enough to say, okay, let me go ahead and collect the covers. Because they are cool looking covers. Um, when it comes to Boom Studios, you also have Big Trouble in Little China Volume 2 Trade Paperback. I've been reading Big Trouble in Little China. Again, I'm a bit behind on it, but I have read the issues that are in this collection. It's issues five through eight. Uh, if you liked the movie, you should like the comic. It's weird. It's quirky. It's a lot of action. It's hilarious. Um, also from Boom, we have Jim Henson's The Storyteller, Dragons, number two of four. Last month, issue number one was solicited. Uh, you guys know I love the Muppets. You know I love Jim Henson. Uh, I love the Jim Henson Storyteller. I was disappointed with uh, Jim Henson's Storyteller, The Witches. I read issue one, and it was atrocious. Uh, the art was horrible. The story was bad. Um... It made me not want to read any more of it, but the thing about it and the reason I will read the other issues is because 
each issue was a, a whole new creative team with a whole new story. So it's not a continuation. And this is the same way. Um, it looks, at least it looks that way. It looks like each issue is going to be a creative team telling a story about dragons. So even if you didn't like issue one, you might want to get, try issue number two. Um, I am very excited. I like dragons, I like mythology. So I'm very interested in this title. Uh, going into Boundless Comics, we have Belladonna. And this is written by Mike Costa, which is the biggest reason I'm going to give this a try. Is I, I'm very, I, I like uh, stories with kick-ass women characters. I like Tomb Raider. It's, it's why I like the character Princess Leia. Um, it's why I like characters like Red Sonja and stuff like that. Um, so we have uh, Bella, Belladonna here, and it's an all-new Belladonna epic begins here. It's the story of a Viking warrior and her army of shield maidens in a century of massive upheaval in the Celtic North. It looks interesting. It sounds interesting. I want to give it a try. Uh, and like I said, Mike Costa's writing it, so in my opinion, that means I should at least give it a few issues. Um, then we have from Dynamite Entertainment, we have Red Sonja number one. So I was just talking about like the strong female characters, Red Sonja number one. So since it's a, a new jumping on point, I figured it's worth giving it a try and, and seeing, you know, I haven't read a lot of Red Sonja, but from what I've read, I've liked. So I figured it's, it's worth a try. We also have from Dynamite, uh, Entertainment, Voltron from the Ashes, number five of six. I have yet to read issue number two. I was disappointed with issue number one. The art is a lot better than the previous dy uh, Dynamite run of Voltron. Um, the story wasn't bad. It just wasn't the characters that I wanted to read. Uh, although the cover on this one does have the characters that I'm familiar with when it comes to Voltron, so maybe they brought them back. I really need to read issue number two to see kind of what they did there. Also going back to the book here, we have uh, from FunPub, uh, we have fun publications. It's G.I. Joe versus Cobra, Welcome to Springfield Island special. And then we also have Transformers Timeline, Cybertron's Most Wanted special. So if you don't know what these are, Fun Public Publications is the comic publisher that creates the issues for the convention. So the G.I. Joe convention, they had the Welcome to Springfield, uh, Springfield Island, and it was... The convention version only had part of the story. It just it, they didn't get a chance to complete it. So this is the completion of that story. Uh, they are a little bit more expensive, but they're also a bit more uh, low print runs. So if you order these, the value that they hold usually lasts a bit longer. Um, but they're also really cool stories because they're they're usually like one and done stories. Uh, Transformers Timeline, Cybertron's Most Wanted special. That is, again, uh, the issue that was released at the BotCon each year. And I always get these issues. They're always a lot of fun. They always give you, like, character profiles and stuff in them as well, which I, th I think is great. Um, so well worth picking up. The other, uh, jumping to the back of the book uh, a bit more, we have Titan Comics, uh, which will have the best of Star Wars Insider Volume 2. I did order Volume 1. Uh, these seem to be mostly just like the best interviews and best information when it comes to the Star Wars saga that have been in the Star Wars Insider magazine over the years. I was hoping that they would do some of the, the comics or stories, short stories from those issues as well, but I don't have the first issue to know if they did put those in there yet. Uh, it hasn't come out yet, so. but I am ordering number two. I, I, kinda, I love best of stuff. I haven't been getting the magazine for a while, so um, 
I'm very interested to kind of see what is in these collective editions. Um, then from Udon Entertainment, or Udon, U-D-O-N Entertainment, however you want to pronounce that, we have Street Fighter Unlimited, number two. Number one, again, was in last month's previews. I apologize for not making you guys aware of it. But if you like the Street Fighter games, which I did, uh, there's a comic coming out. It's called Street Fighter Unlimited. It's, it's an ongoing series. I'm interested in checking it out, at least giving it a, a, a chance. I've liked the free comic book day issues that have come out in the past, and it's by the same publisher, so probably worth checking out. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about is uh, this was interesting. Uh, it wasn't something I was expecting, but I, I had seen little things about it in the, in, before, and I, I don't. I'm sure it's geared totally for little kids, but I'm interested in checking out. It, it looked like something worth uh, reading at least this one time. Uh, it's called DC Comics Secret Hero Society Volume Two: Study Hall of Justice. Evidently, there was a Volume One. I didn't get it, but this looks like it's Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman as little kids in a school. So it. It's the art looks interesting. I was like, you know what? It's not super expensive. I would say it's probably something for definitely geared towards your kids if they like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and they're like, you know, just in grade school. Then this might be the perfect uh, thing book to pick up for them because they they might fall in love with it. Uh, going into some Star Wars books that are coming out uh, in this month's previews, there was Star Wars: The Force Awakens novelization hardcover. So. What I'm hoping is, since these are things that are supposed to come out in January, I'm hoping that means that the novelization is not going to come out before the movie. Uh, I know that sometimes previews put stuff out that much later, especially when it comes to books and things like that, they can a lot of times come out much later than what you would find it on Amazon.com or something like that. But a lot of times they come out the same time as Amazon would release something or a bookstore would release something. So I'm really hoping that Disney, in an effort to make sure people are going to the theater to see the movie, are not releasing the novelization until January or maybe even a little bit later. Uh, so this way no one reads it ahead of time and knows what to expect and spoils it for everybody. And then other people are like, well, I'm not going to go see the movie because I already know what happens. Um, there's also Star Wars, the art of Star Wars, The Force Awakens hardcover. I just mentioned earlier in the episode, I am a sucker for concept art. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie's art from the original Star Wars series was, is breathtaking. It's amazing to look at. So, of course, I'm interested in checking out the concept art for The Force Awakens to see what those artists and everything else came up with. Uh, by the time I get this book, I will have seen the movie, so there'll be a lot of relevance, and I'll be excited, I'm, I'm sure, and, and jumping around and everything else, and, and excited to get this book and, and relive everything that I just uh, saw on the screen. Um, there's also Darth Vader and Friends hardcover, and this is in that series of Darth Vader and Son, Darth Vader and his little princess, those type of books. I love them. I have a few of them. I don't have all of them. I do want to eventually get all of them, but uh, this is another one of those issues. We On this one, we have Darth Vader, and he's got Luke hanging on his arm. He's got Chewbacca underneath his, his cape. Uh, he's got Princess Leia hanging on his shoulders. Han is grabbing onto his leg. Um, Lando is running around with a stormtrooper helmet over his head, uh, and R2 and 3PO are, are just kind of off to the side there. It's almost like they can't believe the, the chaos that's going on. There's also um, Star Wars Little Golden Book, I Am a Droid, I Am a Jedi, and I Am a Pilot. And these are great for little kids. It's the 
the Golden Book books are amazing when it comes to uh, when it, it comes to like toddlers and everything else. So if you're someone that's wanting to get your kids completely entrenched into the Star Wars universe, like I would want to do, uh, then I recommend the the Golden Books. Uh, going into some of the other things in the back, we have uh, there's a Transformers T-shirt that I thought was worth mentioning. It says Double Agent, and it's kind of got the Decepticon logo and the Autobot logo kind of superimposed with each other. That was kind of cool looking. Um, also, when it comes to toys, uh, going into that section, we have from Diamond Select Toys the Muppets Select Action Figure Series One Assortment. Now, these are two packs. You have uh, well, the one's a three pack. It's Kermit, Robin, and Bean, uh, Bean Bunny. And then you have Fozzie and Scooter, and you have Gonzo and Camilla. And these are, all these figures are two inches to six inches tall. They look a lot like the Palisades figures. Uh, maybe not as, you know, as detailed as some of the Palisades, but it, I don't know. They look really, really a lot like the Palisades figures. The only thing I was disappointed with with this is I wanted to, to order them because I'm a huge Muppets fan. I wanted to give them a, a try and see what they were like. Um, even though I have figures that look just like them, um, maybe I would have kept these ones in the box or something like that, but, uh, I could only, un unfortunately through DC DCB service, I could only order a, a case of them and I didn't want a case of them. I just wanted these ones. So, um, sometimes you can order the individual. Sometimes you can't when it comes to the action, uh, figures. So, um, I might look to see if my comic shop gets them, uh, and, if they don't, then maybe I might look secondhand market or might look at Big Bad Toy Store or something like that that might have them. So, But they do look like really cool figures. I, like I said, they just look a lot like the Palisades figures, although some of the accessories that I'm seeing don't look like they're as good quality as the Palisades ones. But then again, Palisades went out of business be, because of, you know, making maybe things a little too good and, and not charging enough for them. I don't know. Um, so maybe if they, if they do a little bit less quality on some of the accessories, but the figures still are amazing, which they do look amazing, then maybe this, this line will last a bit longer and they'll be able to come out with some of the figures that they never got to make before, uh, or the Palisades never got to make before. Um, looking at Star Wars stuff in the back, uh, which you knew I was going to touch on, uh, they have uh, tin totes, which cracked me up because they're basically metal lunch boxes. They just rather call them tin totes these days, I guess. Uh, because they know adults are collecting them, and I guess they think that adults don't want to call them lunchboxes. I don't know. Um, I have no problem with it, but there's one of Kylo Ren. There's one for The Force Awakens, which is uh, just, it's like the movie poster look. And then there's one with R2-3PO and BB-8 on it. Um, they're pretty sweet looking. Uh, the only problem is on a couple of them, it says Price Inquire. So that scares me a little bit anytime they say that. But on the one that's Kylo Ren, it only says it's $16. So maybe it's they're not as expensive and they just didn't want to say. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe they didn't have a price feature at that particular time. Um, one item that I thought was awesome and I was like, wow, this looks really cool. I definitely want to get this. And then I saw the price and I was like, whoa. Um, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Leonardo 1-6 scale collectible figure. And it's 11 inches tall. It usually means 12 inches, but in this case, 11 inches. It's uh, got super, uh, 25 points of articulation. It's got interchangeable heads and hands and weapons and accessories uh, taken right from the pages of the comic book. So sounds really, really awesome. Looks super, it looks really great. 
and then I saw it's $150. Now I know there's hot toys out there and, and, and you know, sideshow figures and all that type of stuff. They're around that price. And this guy is about that size and everything. And he's probably made of some sturdy, durable plastic. But I was like, wow, $150. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But if you're someone that loves, you know, those hot toys, you love the sideshow figures, and you're a big Turtles fan, uh, then this is probably something that you want to take a look at. Uh, so I, I would recommend it if you're a huge Turtles fan and, and don't mind that price tag. Uh, we also have from Artifacts, we have Star Wars Captain Phasma Artifacts statue. Was very tempted to get this one as well. The Artifacts ones are not as pricey. They're a really cool scale. They're usually about like seven to eight inches tall. They have a magnetic feet to keep them on the base. Captain Phasma looks awesome. Uh, you have a couple different hands and everything else that you can do different poses for her. Um, just wasn't in the budget this month, but it was a really cool figure. And speaking of cool figures, there's also an Artifacts uh, Armor uh, Alien Warrior Drone figure. So it looks like just one of the regular aliens. Uh, but the thing that looked really cool about it, not only is it a, a cool sculpt and everything else, but it looks like because it has the magnetic feet, like you can put it sideways. Uh, so it'll hold on to the base and you can put the base sideways on, on something and it'll still stand there, which I think is perfect and awesome when it comes to aliens figures. Um, there's also in the back again, if price really isn't a factor for you, we have the, uh, movie realiz realization, star Wars, uh, figures that are based on like the samurai stuff. So you have the Royal guard, uh, which, and the Stormtrooper and the Darth Vader, they all look like uh, samurai-type figures. Uh, I think it's a cool look for them. They are about $90 a piece, but they are pretty awesome-looking figures. Um, the other one that kind of stood out to me, just price-wise, uh, I don't know why it's so much, but I like the look of these, but they're really expensive, is there's the Star Wars uh, Episode Five Egg Attack Stormtrooper, and the Star Wars Episode Four Egg Attack Stormtrooper. These are six-inch figures. They have 24 points of articulation. They, they're very detailed. Um, they, they're kind of like a midget version of, of a Stormtrooper. That's kind of what they look like. Uh, they're just kind of squatty and, and everything, but they look awesome, but they're $125 a piece. Uh, so that's unfortunately not going to happen for me, but, um, but like I said, I do think they look really cool, uh, especially just like the the episode five attack stormtrooper. The sand trooper's cool, but he's got, you know, the dusty sand look all over him. If I'm going to get one of, of them at that type of price, I would rather just get the standard stormtrooper look. But like I said, 125, uh, that's a rough price tag to swallow. Okay. Now going into the, uh, Marvel catalog, uh, we have old man Logan. Number one that is coming out. It's written by Jeff Lemire, who I'm a big fan of his writing. Kind of held off on a lot of his stuff just because I was—I don't know if Lemire was just getting overhyped for me or what it was, but it just, everyone was like, oh, Lemire's great, Lemire's awesome, and I just kind of held off on reading any of his stuff, and then I read, you know, uh, his Justice League Dark, and I thought that was amazing, and I read his uh, uh, Green Arrow run, and that was great as well, so I'm really digging Jeff Lemire's work. Uh, I'm probably not going to pick up Old Man Logan just because the... Uh, original story. I have, I have the issues, which I thought, you know, it's an amazing story. If you've ever read the original old man Logan story, this is probably something I'm going to wait for the trade or like a hardcover collection or something like that. I think it looks great. I think the art looks amazing. Um, but it's just something I'm probably going to hold off on for more of like the collected edition. 
um, Rocket Raccoon and Groot. This is uh, written by Scotty Young. I wish it was also drawn by Scotty Young, but uh, it is uh, drawn by Felipe Andrade, and he's done, I believe, I remember right, he did some of the artwork for the Rocket Raccoon series, as well as some of the Groot series, and it's very reminiscent of Scotty Young, so that's a series, it's, it's just a great palate cleanser type story, like, kind of like when I would read Mega Man and things like that, it's, it's got some humor to it, it's just fun art, um, it's not something that takes itself seriously, it's just a fun read, so that's something I'm looking forward to, because they, they did Rocket Raccoon, and they did the Groot series, and both of them were kind of this anyway, so now they just finally admitted, like, okay, it's Rocket Raccoon and Groot in this, this ongoing series. Spider-Man Deadpool number one. This is interesting. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of stuff with Deadpool coming out, and Spider-Man is one of Marvel's biggest characters, so it makes sense to put these two characters together. I thought this would be like a mini-series, though, or something like that, and here it's an ongoing series. I don't know how long that'll last for. Uh, it It's interesting because you do have two Smart Mouth characters. I think the fan base out there will like eat this title up, or at least give it a try, uh, at the very least. It's not something I'm super excited about. I love Spider-Man. I'm not the biggest Deadpool fan. Putting the two t uh, characters together, I think, again, it could just be like one of those palate cleanser type stories where you're just going to read it, enjoy it, and have and laugh at it and everything else. It'll be definitely something I read in the Marvel Unlimited app, but it's just it's not a title I, I'm eager to pick up, but I know there's a lot of fans out there that probably are. Um, jumping way ahead into the catalog here, uh, the Marvel side, we have Obi-Wan and Anakin. And this is written by Charles Soule, who I really like his writing. And it's a story of Obi-Wan training Anakin, a younger Anakin. So this takes place, it seems like, uh, after Phantom Menace, but before the Clone Wars. So should be kind of interesting to kind of see a younger Anakin, you know, being trained and everything. The There is a variant, action figure variant cover, which uh, I've been getting all of them so far. They're a lot of fun. They just remind me of the action figures that I would see hanging on the pegs when I was a kid. Uh, this one has the young Anakin Skywalker from Phantom Menace, basically. Uh, so, not one that's high on my list that I need to get, but it's it's one that's coming out, uh, and I probably will, will get that cover for it. But, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this story. I am a fan of Charles Soule's writing, so... Um, this one could be really good, or it could be one that I'm, it could be one of the misses for me when it comes to, uh, Marvel's run on Star Wars. Uh, Darth Vader, uh, number 15, and Darth Vader number 16. Number 15 is the conclusion to Vader Down, and number 16 is actually the start of a new story arc. So, if you didn't read Vader Down, which was a mega event for, in Star Wars, or at least the first big event, for the Star Wars titles in Marvel, uh, then you might want to wait till Darth Vader number 16 and pick up a new story arc. I will tell you, Darth Vader right now is probably my favorite series of all the Star Wars titles. I was really enjoying the main Star Wars title, and I still really enjoy it, but Darth Vader, it's just its the art, it's the story. I think Karen Gillan is killing it. I think Salvador La Roca is doing amazing artwork, uh, probably the best, in my opinion, of, of his career. So, uh, I would definitely pick up number 16 if you haven't been reading it uh, up to this point. Star Wars number 15. Very eager about this one. It is uh, 
from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this is another story of Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, on Tatooine. He's, he's exiled himself onto Tatooine and he's having to watch over Luke. And with this one, we get some insight as to uh, why Owen Lars doesn't want uh, Ben to be around Luke during his life and everything. So I think it's a really cool story. They've, Dark Horse ventured into this a little bit in when they were doing Star Wars, but since the new canon has started, we haven't seen, like, well, why wasn't Ben part of Luke's life all along? So uh, then we have Kanan number 10. Again, a series that I am really enjoying and a series that you do not need to be watching the Rebels uh, animated series to, to enjoy this. You can enjoy this all by itself. Uh... It, you know, of course, you might get some more out of the Rebels. I would actually say you get more out of the Rebels show by reading this comic than you would uh, getting more out of the comic by watching the show. I think this comic kind of delves more into the history of, of the character of Kanan and maybe why he is the way he is in the show. So, like I said, if you're watching the show, I would say you probably want to read this comic. And if you're not watching the show, you probably still want to read this comic because you don't need to be watching the show. Uh, jumping into some of the trades, we have Captain America White. Uh, it's the hardcover collection, and I've been getting the issues for this. Kind of tempted to get the, the hardcover collection, probably not right away. But it's, it's Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Jeff Loeb, a writer that I absolutely love his stuff, and Tim Sale, you heard the, the artist episode, and Tim Sale was one of my honorable mentions to talk about you know just his work is, is amazing as well and they do not disappoint with this it's not like they've missed a step working together so uh, i would highly recommend picking up captain america white then there's a couple uh omnibus editions that are being their new printings that came out and i have both both of these printings so i would say if you're a spider-man fan or an x-men fan you should definitely have these in your in your collection if you don't already have like some of the issues. You're definitely not going to have some of these issues because for Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 1, this is where you have Amazing Fantasy number 15. And if you have Amazing Fantasy number 15 in your collection, I don't know why you haven't sold it yet uh, because you could be making a lot of money off of that and probably never have to work again. Unless you don't have to work already and you have it, then, you know, hey, lucky you. Uh, then there's Unca the Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 1, and this is the clear... Chris Claremont run uh, with Len Wein, and there's some pencils, uh, pencil work by John Byrne and Dave Cockrum. This is uh, the series that starts with Giant Size X-Men and then runs through uh, a lot of issues in, in this. It's uh, issues 94 through 131 and annual number three, So plus the Giant Size X-Men number one. So you get a lot of bang for your buck here. Uh, with the uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Omnibus, you're getting introduced to a lot of characters that for the very first time. And with Uncanny X-Men, you're getting introduced to a lot of more modern-day characters that were introduced to the X-Men, such as Colossus and Nightcrawler and things like that. I know that there's people out there that don't like to read older comic stuff. Uh, you know, they, they believe that only the stuff that's out there now is what's really in and what's really good. Uh, and then there's also the readers out there that think only the stuff that is old is the good stuff. And once you get into the 90s, everything from 90s to now is crap. Um, I think both sides are completely wrong. <laughs> I think there's awesome early day stuff 
that you need to read and need to look at the art. And there's awesome current day stuff. Uh, I think really sometimes you just have to look for what you enjoy and just dive in with both feet. And like I said, these omnibus editions, yes, they're expensive, but they also give you a lot for your money. So you're getting a lot of stuff that you would never be able to afford the actual issues of. So um, <clears throat> going into the collected editions, also we have Star Wars Chewbacca trade paperback. I read issues one and two. Issues one, issue one was fun. Issue two, a bit weak. Uh, so I'm kind of curious where this trade goes and kind of see if maybe it can redeem itself uh, by the end of the story. Uh, I really enjoyed issue one, so I, I thought for sure that, you know, I would enjoy more uh, of the next issue. But second issue was a bit cliched and uh, really not much of a cliffhanger. And uh, if you go to to the Star Joe's, um, if you go to the Star Joe's group page, you'll actually see I have a comic review up for issue number two of Chewbacca. Uh, you can also have, uh, they also have available for you Star Wars Princess Leia trade paperback, uh, which it was her miniseries, which I thought that was fantastic. Star Wars Darth Vader volume one trade paperback. Star Wars Kanan volume, volume one, the last Padawan. And Star Wars volume one, Skywalker Strikes trade paperback. So all the Everything that's been Star Wars that's come out is available in trade at this point. Uh, the last item I wanted to mention from Marvel is the X-Men Age of Apocalypse Dawn trade paperback. I am a huge fan of Age of Apocalypse, uh, the storyline, and they thankfully have been coming out with Age of Apocalypse in omnibus editions and epic trade collections and everything like that. They've been reprinting a lot of that. Uh, this is called Dawn because what this is, these are stories that took place right before Age of Apocalypse, or at least shows what happened to lead in that alternate universe to Apocalypse being in charge of everything and the X-Men forming uh, the team that they did. So you have with this, you have X-Men Chronicles 1 and 2, Tales from the Age of Apocalypse 1 and 2, X-Men number 1, uh, Blink numbers 1 through 4, X-Men Age of Apocalypse One-Shot, X-Men Annual number uh, from 1996. So you have all those in this trade. These are all, for the most part, most of them are stories that came out during the time of Age of Apocalypse that took did like flashbacks to what was happening before the main story was happening. So some of them came later, but still kind of show those origin stories of everything led up. So if you're a fan of Age of Apocalypse and you have not read these stories, this is a perfect trade for you to pick up and get that. So, And that's everything uh, for previews for stuff that is coming out in January. Let me know how these previews are going for you, these previews episodes. I know this time I delved into a lot of other things besides just Star Joe's related stuff. And that's because I'm reading a lot of stuff that's not Star Joe's related stuff as well. Uh, but I also want to focus on things that would be of interest to you if you're listening to the show. So uh, let me know if you like this format or if you like me just sticking with the strictly Star Joe's universe, 80s, late 70s, maybe early 90s type stuff. And I could do that. Uh, or we can, like I said, I can continue with how I'm doing things here where with this episode where it's just pretty much anything that catches my eye that seems of interest plus all the Star Joes related stuff. So uh, let me go ahead and give our information out. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at uh, on Facebook. We have a group page and a fan page. The fan page, you just have to click like, and you will get any Star Joes related news items that 
might be out there. Uh, on the group page, you just have to submit a request to join, and the second I see them, I kind of I keep up with the, that as much as I possibly can. Uh, usually, I'm checking that page at least 10 times a day. So uh, as soon as you request to join, uh, I will be there to go ahead and approve it so you can be part of the community. We have people constantly posting on there, which is fantastic. P people are commenting. I'm posting comic reviews on there constantly. And uh, I invite anyone else to do the same. You know, post an image of the comic you want to talk about and talk about what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. And uh, please make comments about the, the ones that I'm reviewing. A lot of people have been doing that, you know, letting me know, you know, if I like something they didn't really care for it or, or they like something, you know, that I did like. And then we, you know, have a little banter back and forth about, you know, why we liked it, why we didn't like it, things like that. It's, it's a really cool community. So, um, you can also find us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. You can email us at Star Joe's Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air, and then we'll respond to it. Please leave us an iTunes review. We really haven't had one in a long time, and so if you're listening to this and you haven't left us an iTunes review, please do so. Uh, it really gives the show a lot more exposure, and we'll read it, uh, read your review on the air, uh, and you know, respond to that as well. Good, bad, or indifferent. I'm I'm just asking for reviews, and not necessarily asking for good reviews. Although, of course, prefer the good reviews. Uh, and then we're also part of the GeekCast Radio Network, and you can find our episodes there. We're also on Stitcher Radio. It is uh, a mobile, a free mobile app. So whether it be on your iPhone, your Android, uh, your tablet, whatever, uh, you can download the Stitcher Radio app, and you can make Star Joe's one of your favorites on there. You can also, this is something new on Podbean. If you actually do a search for Podbean on an, uh, in the app stores, you can actually find a Podbean app. And uh, that's the website that we use. It's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Uh, that's actually the website company that we use to post our episodes out on. And so if Stitcher didn't, wasn't working for you, you could try Podbean, and you can actually find Star Joe's through the Podbean app and listen to episodes that way as well. So a lot of different ways that you can find these episodes, a lot of different ways you can listen to the episodes. Uh, but with that, we'll go ahead and close this episode by saying the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Comrade Vision! Get the G.I. Joe Sky Striker! Ace the Airborne! Let's get those turkeys! We're gonna get Cobra this time! Our combat jets are on the way! Hey, check my missiles! They're A-OK! -okay. Great! I'm going down for a closer look! Way to go, Joe! G.I. Joe Sky Striker comes with Ace and two parachutes. Other figures sold separately from Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs>